Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tramel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol as the head of Visit Florida tells lawmakers the naked truth about the Sunshine State's clothing-optional beaches. Well, uh, I do know that it is the most visited uh, uh, part of our website. In his last cycle as a legislator, Democratic Representative Joseph Geller calls for reforms to Florida's hate crime law. I think hate crimes have been shown to be a particular problem, especially these days in our society in the wake of increased polarization. And some lawmakers express concerns with transparency throughout Florida's redistricting process. Um, We are going to have probably the most limited amount of community input that we've ever seen on these maps. Today's Sunrise interview is with Democratic Representative Joseph Geller, who's going to be joined by the Florida Hate Crimes Coalition later this morning for a news conference to discuss expanding protections under the state's hate crime law. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, October 12th. It's National Savings Day, so get out there and save that money. Though many celebrated yesterday, it was on this day in 1492 which marked the arrival of Christopher Columbus to the Americas. Yesterday's national holiday is controversial because the European settlement in the Americas led to the demise of the history and culture of the indigenous peoples. Governor Ron DeSantis, however, says Christopher Columbus displayed courage, determination, and perseverance in a commemoration of his life and legacy. Also on this day in 1998, American college student Matthew Shepard died in Fort Collins, Colorado, several days after being beaten by two men and left in the cold in Laramie, Wyoming. Shepard's homosexuality was believed to have motivated the attack, and his death contributed to the expansion of federal hate crime legislation. Visit Florida President and CEO Dana Young provided glowing updates about Florida's tourism prospects in a Senate committee Monday. Young told lawmakers the agency took an aggressive strategy. Florida was the only state marketing itself as a tourist destination across the country for a seven-month stretch during the pandemic. Democratic Senator Jason Pizzo had a more flashy question from Young's presentation. President Young, can you speak to the economic impact of clothing optional beaches in the state of Florida? (laughs) Well, uh, I do know that it is the most visited uh, uh, part of our website. So if I... (laughs) Sounds like this might not be a question. No, 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 the actual, my understanding, the last time that that I saw, it's it's north of $2 billion a year in tourism dollars for clothing optional beaches in Florida. Does that sound accurate? I don't know about the numbers, but I do know that it's very um, accurate. And at Visit Florida, we are all about providing people with options. 
Visit Florida's funding is set to expire in 2023, but lawmakers hope to push it back until at least 2031. Funding became controversial after it went public that the agency paid music star Pitbull a million dollars to promote Florida, plus other exposés showing executives racked up big travel expenses. So when I first got here my first year, uh, Visit Florida's budget was cut by $26 million. I had not been in the job even six months. I had to lay off 44 people, many of whom I had never even had a chance to meet. Uh, no boss ever wants to do that. I would not recommend it. Young is now asking for an annual budget of $75 million. She said marketing to international travelers will be the next step ahead of borders reopening in November. State economists projected the state's tourism economy won't fully recover until at least 2024. House Democratic co-leader Evan Jenny is concerned there will be limited opportunities for the public to review the district maps that will define Florida's political landscape for the next decade. Um, we are going to have probably the most limited amount of community input that we've ever seen on these maps. Um, to me, that is wild. Um, Jenny says while he can provide some leeway to his Republican counterparts, that there was a delay in census information to keep the process on track, he doesn't think that should prevent an open and transparent process. Look, the, the ball is clearly in the hands of, of my friends on the other side of the aisle, uh, and it's going to be up to them to decide if they want to play this thing straight. Uh, or if they want to get a little wonky with how those uh, lines run throughout the state. So now let's turn to your Sunrise interview. Advocates say a rise in hate crimes calls for Florida to revamp its current hate crime statutes. A proposal by Democratic Representative Joseph Geller, House Bill 111, would expand protections under the state law to include people targeted due to physical disability, gender, or gender identity. Representative Geller joins us to talk all about it. Why do we need this measure? Well, we have a hate crimes bill in this state. There are some people who think we shouldn't have one. And, you know, I respect um, people's motivations. They say, well, we should only punish conduct. If the conduct is, uh, is odious, it should be punished regardless of why you do it. I understand their point of view, but I don't agree. I think hate crimes have been shown to be a particular problem, especially these days in our society in the wake of increased polarization. And we need to address these separately. So with that, who is not being protected under the current hate crime law and how will yours close those loopholes? Well, really in two ways. One of the ways is to close some of the loopholes for groups that are not being protected. For instance, oddly, our current hate crimes law prohibits acts that are taken against someone on the basis of a mental disability, as it should. But for some reason, it does not protect people with physical disabilities. So if you attack someone because they're blind or in a wheelchair, things like that, the hate crimes law doesn't cover it. The disabled community is among those that are strongly in support of this law. Again, kind of surprisingly to most people, gender is not covered under the current law. So the 
well, idiot's too strong, too too weak a word, but the the disgusting individual who shot up uh, a yoga studio in Tallahassee a couple of years ago and was apparently just motivated by misogynistic feelings, just strong anti-woman feelings from writings they found of his afterwards. Had he survived, he could not have been prosecuted under the hate crimes law, even though he was clearly motivated by hatred against women. So there's several loopholes like that that we we need to get covered. Uh, Physical disability, gender, gender identity. But there's an even bigger loophole that prevents the law from being properly used almost in any circumstances. It's called mixed motive. The current law provides that you have to, in order to be prosecuted, you have to have been motivated basically entirely by hatred for the subject group. Incidentally, I should point out, it's the perception of the subject group. All right. So, yeah, no, there's that thing of mixed motive. And for those who don't know, it's like if you're pulled over or you experience road rage, in addition to that incident, you've also expressed some form of hateful act towards the person's being for being who they are, um, whether having a physical disability or gender identity. And um, those two issues are happening at the same time, it will still be classified. You pull off with somebody in a road road rage incident and you see the person and you identify them as a member of a group you don't like. You know, whereas if the person pulls you over, you know, you guys are going to go at it and you see that they've got the same bumper sticker on their car as you have on yours. Well, maybe you calm down a little. And you say, oh, well, you know, that's one of my guys, Maga, my guys, or something like that. And you say, well, you know, maybe he just was having a bad day. But if it's somebody from a group that you already don't like, then you just say, well, these, you know, I'm sick of these people. What are your expectations for this bill making it through the process? Yeah, I've introduced this for a number of years running. And we've made not a lot of visible progress, but some behind the scenes progress. I've had the chance to discuss this with some legislative leaders. And, you know, again, I, I understand the argument that the conduct is what we should be judging. The conduct is odious conduct. There are laws on the books to punish that. It's not illegal in this country to hate somebody for no reason. What's illegal is to do something about it. I'm hopeful we'll get a hearing this year. I'm actually hopeful, you know, this is my last term because of term limits. So I'm going to be back to our legislative leadership and ask them if they can maybe help me out on this one and see if we can uh, get some traction for it this time because uh, it's something we need. Thanks to Representative Joseph Geller, his press conference with Senator Lori Berman is scheduled for noon today at the fourth floor rotunda. Here's more on your calendar of events. 
The Senate Criminal Justice Committee will hold a workshop about community violence at 9. The House Education and Employment Committee will receive a presentation about individualized education programs at 11. The House Redistricting Committee will look at a map drawing application at 1.30. The Senate Transportation Committee will receive an update from the Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles about digital driver's licenses and identification cards. That's at 3.30. The House Pandemic and Public Emergencies Committee will receive a presentation about risk management strategies for the state. That's also at 3.30. Beyond the Capitol, the St. John's River and Suwannee River Water Management Districts are holding meetings today. The Florida Public Service Commission will take up a series of electric telecommunications and water issues at 9.30. The U.S. Department of Agriculture will issue its first forecast of the 2021-2022 citrus growing season. And state political candidates, committees, and parties face a deadline today to file reports showing finance activity through September 30th. Governor Ron DeSantis was in Winter Haven on Monday to announce more than $9 million in economic growth funding. That includes $6.4 million for job growth and $3 million for transportation improvements. Now, these funds are going to specifically support uh, road improvements at the Intermodal Logistics Center, which is one of the largest industrial parks uh, served by rail in the entire country. Uh, By making these road improvements really going to provide important linkages, uh, we're going to be improving access to more than 1,200 acres of industrial area that will attract new businesses and generate new jobs for the community. DeSantis says the announcement is the first of several planned this week involving job growth and infrastructure across Florida. And finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes at the Capitol inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.